just changing up your routine can be so life-giving because we do, when we're tired, we just go through the motions. But man, there's no joy in that. There's no joy in go through the motions. Like, that's not fun. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall. Welcome to the show. All right. This week, we are talking about a very relatable topic, a relatable big kid problem, if you will. And that's not managing our time properly. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I constantly feel like I just never have enough time for anything. Like some days my schedule is so packed. If I even have to do like one minor extra thing, like I don't know, like get gas, like I'm going to lose my mind. And other days I just dick around on Instagram for too long. And I'm like, how is it 2 p.m.? And I haven't done anything on my to-do list. I mean, a lot of us have trouble managing our time properly. So I was excited excited to bring on our guest this week. She is a personal growth expert and national best-selling author, Christy Wright. Christy has a brand new book out called Take Back Your Time, The Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. And today she is pretty much going to give us like a little crash course. We're going to talk about some of the time traps we fall into, how to prioritize our time and how to say no to things in order to create more time in our lives. I mean, I always say, once you learn how to say no to shit you don't want to do, the rest of your life begins. But honestly, that can be easier said than done. So this episode is going to help us learn to achieve better life balance because yes, that is apparently possible. So if you like this episode or know somebody who needs to hear it, pass it along, post it on your stories. You guys know the drill by now. All right. With that, I say cozy up and we will be right back. When I think of taking back my time, I mean, I think of all those mornings I wasted feeling like crap after a big night of drinking. I mean, seriously, I don't want to even think about how many hours or really days of my life I've spent as a completely useless human being all because I had one too many the night before. Well, now you can help your body bounce back and take back your time with morning recovery from more labs. Morning recovery is this little beverage you drink while you drink, or at least before you go to bed after drinking. And it helps speed up the breakdown of alcohol-induced toxins so you can rehydrate, detox, and wake up feeling like a real person. 
I am the morning recovery queen. I mean, I've been taking them for years and have used them for big weekends like birthdays, bachelorettes, weddings. I mean, really anytime I know I'm going to be celebrating hard and they really can be a lifesaver. So don't let rough mornings after drinking dampen the next day. Drink smarter with morning recovery at morelabs.com slash big kid. Oh, and use code big kid for 20% off your order. That's morelabs.com slash big kid and use code big kid for 20% off today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I am joined now with national best-selling author, personal growth expert, podcast host, and speaker. Christy Wright is in the house. Welcome to the show. Hi, this is so fun. Oh Thanks for gosh. having me. I was just telling you, I mean, this is the first time I've had it in person <laughs> in so long. It feels so good. Yes. It's a different energy when you get to be in the same room and see each other's faces and like really connect. So yeah, I'm sure. excited about this. I'm so pumped. Um, and I'm also really pumped about your new, brand new book. I was hoping you could give us a little bit of background on you, maybe tell us what made you want to write this book. Yeah, so I've spent the last 10 years helping people start businesses. So side businesses, contract workers, freelancers, like this is a side gig generation where we're all making money from home. And, and that's been really fun. But one of the things I've noticed in the last 10 years of doing this is the number one question that I'm asked is not just about business. I'm asked, how do you balance it all? How do you balance it all? How do you balance all the things you have going on, all the demands, all the opportunities, um, your business, your family, and so on. And so I realized what a huge pain point that is for people. It's also something I've experienced in my own life. I had three kids in five years and, and that, in addition with um, trying to grow my career, has been one of those things where I feel that tension between all the things I care about and so I wanted to tackle this topic and I wanted to bring something new to the conversation because I really don't think this is just an issue of our calendar, of productivity, of if it could be more efficient, more productive, multitask. I think there's more going on below the surface and I wanted to help people the root level of why we feel out of balance in the first place. So it's been fun to see the evolution of this content now 10 years later getting to write this book. Oh my gosh. And first of all, I can't believe you have three kids. You look like you're 25. <laughs> you're very nice. Go on. We're tell gonna, me more. What we're going to have you back on here to do a skincare routine episode. Um, no, that's funny. And all the things you're saying, I mean, productivity, all of that stuff. Like, you know, what's funny is when we talk about like taking your time back. I feel like last year was one of those opportunities. I'm like, wow, I have so much free time all of a sudden. Like mm-hmm. my calendar is completely open. Right. And I still like struggled with productivity. Yeah. So I think you're right. There is something kind of like under the surface there. Yes. We're out of whack. Yes. And I think what's interesting is the way that we ask the question is, how do I balance it all? How do I balance it all? Balance is always a verb. And what's interesting is we can be productive and manage our calendar and multitask and all the things and still feel like something's not right. And so that's the reason I think we have to start asking different questions because one of the things I found is that we don't know what balance is. We just know we don't have it. And so it becomes this shadow that haunts us, that we're out of balance, that we're not doing the right things, that we feel guilty no matter what we do. We feel like we're doing the wrong thing. And you know, for anybody listening that has kids, there's a completely different element whenever you start having kids because your world is thrown out of whack in a, in a way that it never has been before. But in any season, kids or no kids, married or not, we all can get to this place where we feel like something's not right. And we think the solution is to wake up earlier, stay up later, work harder and run faster in between. And what happens is we do all that and we just end up exhausted and still feeling out of balance. And so I want to help people figure out why they feel out of balance and then what to do about it. Mm. 
That's a big thing too. I mean, we talk about having kids. I mean, this is like a conversation I'm having now in my own personal mm-hmm. life about like starting a family. And I think that's one of the things that has scared me about having kids for the longest time. I'm like, I'm already exhausted <laughs> at this. Like I can barely brush my teeth twice a day. And like now we're going to throw in like a toddler. I don't, uh-huh. I just, I don't know. It, it scares me. <laughs> so I'm glad we're having this conversation now. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So I feel like we should get into it. So I know when I started reading your book, you talk a lot about time traps and like how this is one of the first things we should look at and yeah. in terms of how we're managing our time. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the common time traps we're all falling into? Yeah, well, I think... So So let me back up and give kind of my, my definition of balance because I think that when we think that balance is this perfect 50-50 split between our work and our home or if it's doing everything for an equal amount of time where we have this amount of time to work out and this amount of time for our family and this amount of time, you know, with church or volunteer, whatever, we set ourselves up to fail because it's not realistic or even desirable. So the thesis of the whole book is life balance isn't doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the right things at the right time, and the great news is you could decide what's right for you. When you do that, you feel the sense of balance you've been looking for all along. So I walk through in the book, I give you five tactical steps of how to do that, how to do the right things at the right time. But I think one of the things that's really important as we figure out what life balance looks like for us and means to us in our season of life we need to know what is keeping me from that. Mm. What is getting in the way of me doing that? What's getting in the way of me doing the right things at the right time? And so the the time traps that you referred to, I, li- I list five, but that list is not exhaustive because everybody has different distractions. Everybody has different things that they're losing time to. But I, I did list five common ones. And that's because these are things that not only do I struggle with them, but almost everybody I see struggles mm. with. And so, for example, let's let's use one of an example. We all have healthy needs, but sometimes they can lead us to do things that are not good for us or our calendars. The need to prove yourself, as an example. So when you have the need to prove yourself, you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. Mm. You can check off all the items on your to-do list and then you pile more on. You come early to work, stay late to work and do give it your all in between and it still feels like it's never enough. If you're a parent, you're volunteering for every PTA thing, you're, you're bringing food, you're showing up to all the things and you still feel like it's not enough because this black hole of insecurity, this lie that you're not enough is still haunting you no matter how much you do. And so when we begin to identify, wow, I'm running myself into the ground in an effort to prove something, to prove that I'm good enough, that I deserve this position at my job, that I'm a good mom, that I'm whatever, then we end up exhausted and not feeling any more balanced. And so there's there's an, there's a part of this that I think causes us, or rather requires us to have a really, really honest look in the mirror and go, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I say yes to these things and no to that thing? Why do I feel motivated to work so hard over here and so on. And when we begin to look at the motivations behind the decisions in our calendar, then we can begin to fix things at the root level. Another example I give is, um, so I I love to be the hero. I love to save the day. I love to like, if there's an, like, oh, we need some, oh, I'll do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I, I have this need to like be the hero. And that has just gotten me into so much trouble in my life because I end up saying yes to things that are not important to me, that are not even right for me, Mm. that might even be robbing someone else who it is right for of the opportunity to do it. And then what starts out is like, oh, that would be fun. I'm being so helpful. Turns into something I resent and I dread and it's stressful and I'm anxious and I'm, and I'm, and I feel guilty and all the things. And it's, 
it's not that that was a bad thing. It just wasn't right for me. Mm. And so I remember a pastor said one time, there's a difference in doing something to be loving and doing it to be loved. And if I'm honest, a lot of my striving is an effort to just earn love, to prove that I'm good enough, to make people think I'm a good person, you know, whatever. And so the some of the exercises I walk people through in the book causes us to question why we do what we do again so we can fix it at the root level so that these symptoms don't keep creeping up in our calendar where we run ourselves in the ground and we end up exhausted. So I think asking those questions is really important. Oh my gosh. I I see that so much in my husband, Brandon. He like can't say no to things. Mm-hmm. And it's been like a conversation for us. I'm like, you, he gets pulled in so many directions. And then at the end of the day, like the things he wanted to spend time on are completely out the window. And right. I'm like, you shouldn't have like mowed our neighbor's lawn for them. <laughs> right. Like we have like shit we need to do. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, so of course, there's all of these things that kind of keep us from focusing on the things we want to do. Um, so you kind of outline this like path to balance yeah. in your book. And I love this. Um, and I'd love if you can give our audience maybe a little bit of a taste yeah. of what that actually looks like. Yeah. Like where do we even start? Yes. Okay. So so one of the things that I've noticed about this topic of life balance is we've got all the analogies. Like we've got all the analogies. We've got spinning plates and juggling balls and walking the tightrope and some balls are glass and some are rubber. And which ones can you drop on which days? And the truth is, Sarah, I can do all that and still feel out of balance. And so I think that life balance is not so much something you do, how you balance it all perfectly. I think it's a feeling you create in your life where you can be balanced and still be busy where you can be balanced in an out-of-balance world, where balance looks more like peace and confidence in your choices and being happy with how you spend your time and being proud of that. And so I believe that comes from doing the right things at the right time. Well, how do you do that? Well, I lay out five steps in the book because I'm a super practical person. So I'm like, if you give me a plan, I'll follow the steps. I need to see it. I love a list. Yes, we, we love this. We love like, show me the steps, I'll do it. And that's what's hard about this topic of balance because it's elusive. So it's always haunting us, making us feel like we're failing. So I'm like, let me give you a new definition mm. where we can nail it down and then steps to achieve it in your life. So here's the, here's the overview. Step one, decide what matters. So if you're going to do the right things at the right time, you need to know what the right things are for you. Mm. And you get to decide what, that's right, what is right for you in this season, in your life, and so on. What are your priorities? So number one is decide what matters. Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. Hmm. And we have so many things that we lose time to. Real housewives. uh, uh, Real housewives, (laughs) mowing the neighbor's lawn, uh, scrolling Instagram, whatever. We have tons of things that we lose time to that are not in and of themselves bad things necessarily, but they're not important to us. And then we complain, oh, I don't have time for X, Y, Z, all these things that are important. No, 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 you do. You're just spinning it over here. So let's, let's identify what doesn't matter and cut it out to make time for things that do. So step step two is stop doing what doesn't matter. Step three, super practical. Create a calendar that reflects what matters. We live by our calendars. Like, Like we live our entire lives by this. And then we're shocked when we don't do the things we say we want to do, but we've not put those things on the system we've chosen to live our lives by. So our calendar is full of meetings and appointments. It's not full of things like working out or date night or time with kids or reading a book or whatever those things are. And so simply putting them on the calendar makes it that much more likely that they're actually going to happen. And then step four, protect what matters. That's all about setting boundaries and saying no to protect this balance that you've worked hard to create. And then step five might be my favorite, and that is be present for what matters. Because even if you create the most perfect schedule in the world, if you're not present for it, you miss it. And so step one, decide what matters. Step two, stop doing what doesn't matter. 
Three, create a calendar that reflects what matters. Four, protect what matters. And step five, be present for what matters. If you do that, if you follow those steps in a very practical way, especially in every new season, then you're doing the right things at the right time. And when your season changes and you have a baby or get married or get a new job or whatever, then you go back to step one and you say, okay, what matters now? Because that's going to change. Your season will determine what matters to you at any given time. And so you start at the beginning, work through the steps, and then you're creating balance in each new season. Okay, it sounds easy, but I'm like, when I put this into practice, like even just kind of step one, like figuring out what your priorities are. I mean, like if I, like I'll, I take a look at my to-do list on any given day, like Mm -hmm. this morning, for Mm -hmm. instance, it's insane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like three pages long. I have like not only stuff I need to do for this podcast, but I have like stuff I need to do to like actually make money. I need, you know, like my home stuff that Mm -hmm. I need to do, like my dental work that I need to get done. Like it just feel like there's so, so, so much. Like if I were to even time it all out and put it all on a calendar, like I would need three lifetimes. Yes. So like, how do you get super niche and like figure out like really what your priorities are and like how to freaking like really focus? Because that's my biggest problem. Yes. Well, one of the things that I think many people are guilty of, I think women in particular are guilty of, is we treat everything as if it's created equal. So we have this list or a calendar or whatever, and it's all on the same level. So for example, we might have a list that has things like essentials, like pay bills, feed my children, show up to work. (laughs) Also steam clean the couch cushions, reorganize my attic and make homemade cookies for the whole neighborhood. Okay. These are not created equal at all. Pay bills. Yes. Homemade cookies for the whole neighborhood. No. And so what happens is we have a very difficult time prioritizing. Now, prioritizing is literally listing things in order of importance. And so it does require you to look at all the things you have to do, or I would even challenge think you have to do, and say, what's right right now? That's one of the best questions you can ask yourself. What's right right now? Okay, something might be time sensitive, for example, like um, dental work or (laughs) something, a deadline for your podcast, right? Like it's like, okay, this is right right now because it's deadline driven. Another thing might be right right now because it is um, something that's just a focus for you in this season. Um, For example, in the summer, it wasn't deadline driven, but my focus for the summer, my priorities was having fun and taking time off work and playing with my kids and working out and seeing friends. Well, those were literally my priorities this summer. So I did that guilt-free, knowing that when the fall came, I'm not going to be doing a lot of those things. I'm going to be focusing on my book. And then my priorities shift to reflect book stuff and so on. And so... For, for anyone listening to in any new season, say, okay, what's right right now? What are the top priorities? And when I say top, I mean like three to five. Three to three five. Three to five priorities in this, you know, in my life, the things I want to focus on. And then it gives you permission to focus on those, doing the right things at the right time. But it also helps you shake the guilt for all the things that are not right right now. Mm. Like, I want to get a dog. I want to go to Europe. I want to do lots of things. I want to buy a new house. None of those are right right now. So that's great. I'm, I'm, we'll do that someday. But right now, I am able to focus on what's what's important to me right now. And so I think it comes down to putting things in order of priority, like first, second, third, what is most, if you get nothing else done, what do you want to get done? Yeah. And then what's second and what's third? Then your bottom of your list might be things that are like a good idea, but you're okay if you don't get to it. And what's great is if you don't get to it, then you've identified, hey, if I'm going to let something go, I'm letting the right things go versus feeling conflicted when everything's created equal all the time. So we've got to be able to list it and it needs to reflect the season we're in. 
Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results I'm seeing since using my customized Pros products. I took the Pros in-depth hair quiz and received a shampoo and conditioner with a unique formula just for my hair. And already my hair is smoother, softer, and shinier. I love that I could customize them to a T and even pick out the fragrance used for my formula. I mean, I'm obsessed. Like my products smell so good. And Pros knows that there's more to you than just your hair type. And they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. They ask things like how often you get your hair color treated, the thickness and density of your hair, the dryness of your scalp. They even factor in things like where you live to take into account things like humidity and pollution exposure. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. And they also have a review and refine feature to let me tweak my formulas for any reason like change of address, hair color, or diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash big kid. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash big kid for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Something you said about like... um you want you prioritized like having fun and mm-hmm. like doing that in your summer. I think that's so important. Like that's something like I've been working on. Like I know I want to prioritize joy. That yes. was like one of my resolutions for mm-hmm. 2021. So I make sure every single freaking day that I have to at least do one thing that is just like pure joyful, mm-hmm. you know? And then I write it down in my little my little journal. Yeah. Like what was the thing I did today? I'm like yeah. I walked my dog. You know, yes. I listened to like a song 35 times. I yeah. actually did that today. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't stop. But I, I like the idea of even those things that like don't, aren't necessarily like a tick off of or not something that you would think to schedule, like actually that it, that should be a priority in your life. Well, and what's interesting is you make such a good point because we have all these things we want to do or we want to spend time on, like things that bring us joy, but then we don't put them on our calendar. And so then they don't happen. And then we're like, oh, I'm so sad. I have not done anything that's made me happy in six months. Well, it's like, yeah, you didn't make time for those things. We don't find time, you make time. So something as simple as this, I'll tell you one of the things that that I've struggled with. I had this pattern and still can fall into it sometimes where my husband and I are downstairs. When you have kids, the time between when they go to bed and when you go to bed is like this sacred time because it's like (laughs) the only time of a day where you get to be grownups you're not at work, you're not getting snacks, and you're just together. And so you don't want to go to bed right when your kids go to bed because you want to have some time together. But the problem is you can, because you don't want to go to bed, because you you know are enjoying this time without kids, you can stay up way too late. And maybe you're staying up late and you're watching a show. Maybe you're staying up too late, you're cleaning. Maybe you're staying up too late talking. Maybe you're staying up too late scrolling Instagram, whatever. whatever. But what happens is every single night, I would just kind of look at the clock and say, oh, I guess I need to go to bed now. And it's 1030, 1045. Well, then I wake up early and then I'm tired the next day. I'm grouchy the next day, whatever, because I wake up at like, you know, 5 a.m. to do all this stuff. 
And I started noticing a pattern. I'm like, hey, I can fix this. Like I can go to bed earlier, as tactical as that is. But if I don't either set an alarm or put it on my calendar or have some, some accountability to go to bed early, then I look up and I'm like, oh, I'm scrolling Instagram and it's 11, 15 at night. <laughs> I'm so guilty I'm of this. Tar- I'm tired and grouchy the next day. And I'm like, you could fix your grouchy. You could just go to bed earlier. And so it's not so much of like, this is the right way to be. But if you start saying, okay, what's important to me? Well, I want to have fun during the day. I want to have joy during the day. I want to enjoy my day. I'm going to need rest to be able to do that. I don't have a lot of fun when I'm exhausted. I'm not a nice person when I'm exhausted. Like I am my best self when I've got (laughs) sleep. Like every other human being, by the way, this is not specific to me or you, Sarah. Anybody is nicer and better and enjoys their day more when they have rest. So then you just make a different decision. You say, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 9.30 or 10 o'clock. I'm going to set an alarm or set it on my calendar. And so now it's become a habit. 9.30, no matter what's happening, shows on, whatever. I go upstairs and gosh, like it has transformed my energy level, how much fun I have, how nice I am, how happy I am. And it's all because I just set an earlier bedtime and didn't scroll Instagram for those 30, 45 extra minutes. And Mm. so it comes down to these little habits, but they have a huge impact in our life. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm guilty of that too, where it's like you can kind of zone out at night. Yeah. Do you have any like hacks for that or like things you do with your husband so that you're both not just like staring at a screen and, yes. you know. Well, when you're tired, to your point, and especially when you have kids, you're so tired all the time. When you're tired, you don't have the energy to think of anything new. <laughs> but new things are so life-giving. So like if you are always in the habit of we always fix dinner and then crash on the couch, go out to eat instead or go for a walk around the neighborhood instead. Like um, go have a, eat your, take your food and to go and go sit in the park and eat outside. Just changing up your environment, changing up your routine. Let's, I don't know, you know, read a book instead of watch TV, whatever. Like just changing up your routine can be so life-giving because we do, when we're tired, we just go through the motions. But man, there's no joy in that. There's no joy in go through the motions. Like that's not fun. So finding small ways to change up your routine can really can really help that. Yeah, I like that. And like thinking about it ahead of time because you're mm-hmm. right. At the end of the day, when you're just freaking tired, you're not, yes. like, not going to be able to come up with something creative. Yes, yeah. Um, one other thing, okay, we had to talk about this because we're, we're talking about taking back your time. I know a big thing you talk about is setting boundaries. Yes. And I know so many so many people are guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. It's like learning when to say no to things. Yeah. Like whether it's like a girl's bachelor, like your friend's bachelorette in like, you know, yep. Vegas, or uh, I think you use the example in your book of mm-hmm. like being asked to coach uh-huh. like a little league yep. team. You know, like talk to us a little bit about how to, I guess, A, figure out if you want to do the thing, like yeah. if it's something you really sh- like want to do. And if not, like how to get out of it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the, when when we're making decisions, I, what I used to do is just, um, do I want to, or does this sound good or do they need me or whatever? But sometimes that will lead you down the wrong path because even something that sounds good or someone that needs you or even that you want to do still isn't right right now. And so something that is not right right now is the wrong thing. It can be a good thing. It can be an awesome, there could be a trip to Vegas that is like the greatest. It's gonna be so fun. You're gonna have major FOMO. It's gonna, they're gonna be amazing pictures, all the things. But if it's right in the middle of a really crazy time for you, busy time for you, just a time where it's not right for you to leave, where you wouldn't even feel good about it, then it actually becomes a burden. It becomes stressful. It becomes some a source of anxiety because you're like, this isn't right. And so asking yourself, is this right right now will lead you to a different result. So for example, um, the soccer example, they needed a soccer coach. I was like, oh, I can do it. You know, I'd love to come in and save the day. If I'd asked myself, hey, is this right right now? No, I was six months pregnant. I was getting ready for maternity leave. I didn't even want to do it. 
I just was reacting to the need. And so the the very shortest, simplest way to discern it is this right right now. But in the book, I actually give you eight questions to help you decide. Like, is this a priority? How will this affect my family? Will I want to do it then? You might want to do it now, but when mm. you want to do it then, what will I not be able to do if I do this? And so when you start asking different questions, you get better answers and you get better outcomes. And I think one of the things that is hard for people is we are so reactive. If someone says, hey, can you do this thing on Sunday night? If your calendar's open, you feel obligated to say yes. And one of the things that I hit on again and again in the book is this is your life. No one gets to tell you what you should spend it on. Your life, your time, you get to decide what matters to you. And so for you to decide in advance what's right for me right now and say no to anything that's not right, it's going to free you up to spend your time on what matters most to you, which by the way, again, it's your life. You should spend it on what matters most to you. Yeah. For those of us who are like, have a hard time saying no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going back, Brandon, I'm sorry. I yeah. go back to him every time. He like, he'll literally have like a broken leg and is like yeah. gonna have surgery in a week. But he's like, but my friend's bachelor party, like I would, I can't let him down. Yeah. Sorry, B. Yeah. <laughs> you out. But like for anybody who has a really hard time saying no, like do you have any like little like hacks around that? Yes. So two things that are super tactical. One, script it. So script out in advance what you would, how you would say no. And I know this sounds silly, but it gives people language to forming a polite no in a way that's true to them ahead of time when they're not on the spot, when they're not like in the moment when someone's saying, hey, can you come mow my yard or whatever? So you think through, how would I say that? And then you practice it in front of your spouse, your dog, your mirror. I don't care. (laughs) You practice because no is this muscle. And if you never exercise it, it's super weak. But the more you exercise it, the easier it becomes. So let me give you an example. My husband says no to me all the time. My husband's the opposite of yours. He is just very comfortable with his no. Everyone, his default is- Happy balance, I know, I know. His default is no on everything. So- Let's say that I come home with one of my new brilliant ideas, which happens every day. I have a hundred new ideas. And let's say I have this new idea to get a dog, redecorate our whole house or whatever, go to Europe. And yes, I'm like, all of them. A hundred percent. I come up I'm like, babe, listen, listen, here's what we need to do. We need to get a dog. Like we, like we are dog people. It's been a while since Jackson passed away. Like the kids are old enough now. Like we need a dog. I can feel it. Like fall. Can't you just see it? Like throw in fetch and the dog in the backyard. Like I've got this whole sales pitch, right? I'm so sold. I know. <laughs> me too, right? So he might say something like this. Wow, babe. I love how you love animals. Um, I don't think now is the time to add another responsibility to our very crazy lives. But you know what? We will definitely get a dog someday. We will talk about that again in the future. <laughs> and that was so nice. The answer is the same. No, we're not getting a stinking dog, Christy. We can barely keep up with our children in this crazy season of life. But he, he says it so kindly. And in fact, he, he never even says the word. And so um, I actually, I was just talking about this on an earlier interview. So I'll share it with your listener, listeners in case it's helpful. I have a download of 25 ways to say no. I created this a million years ago. But it's, it's organized by work requests, family requests, volunteer requests, friend requests, all that. Is it online? Because I'll include it in our show notes. Yes, yeah. Amazing. We'll see if we can find it. I think it's protect. You text protect time to 33789 and then whatever. It's just a PDF. But it's, I literally script it for you. If here's all 25 different ways to say no, and then you practice it, like we're saying, in front of the mirror. And then when someone comes to you and says, hey, can you mow my lawn? You immediately, you're not on the spot. You're not trying to think. You're not feeling all uncomfortable. You go to that script that you've practiced. And what's so cool is you always have the freedom to break your own rule. Like if you feel called to help someone or you just really want to say yes to something, by all means, 
you could throw that script out the window. But the rest of the time, it helps you protect what matters most. But I think a lot of people, while many of us want to help others and and that type of thing, there's, like I talk about in the book, there's an element of, we want to be the hero. We want to save the day. We want to be needed. We want to prove ourselves. We want to earn love. There's something in us. There's a people-pleasing element of it that if we don't identify it, we will continue to think that all of our running ourselves in the ground is this noble thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just, I just can't help it. I'm such a good person. It's like, no, there's there's something else going on in us. And and I think for a lot of people, um, I see a pattern where they say yes to everything and then they resent it. And they actually harbor anger and they will end up trying to wriggle out of it later. So then their word doesn't mean anything. But I just want to encourage people, an honest no is always better than a dishonest yes. Mm. And you don't just have the right to say no, you have the responsibility to. Because if you don't protect what matters to you, no one else can do that for you. This is a skill you have to learn if you're going to ever protect your time and spend your life on what matters most to you. Oh, so good. I, I Somebody told, I got this piece of advice a couple of years ago and I swear to God, it like changed my life. But it's also, it kind of goes back to your point of like, if you're if you're kind of caught off guard and mm-hmm. you know, you like you might want to say no, but you're not sure how to say right. it. Um, somebody told me to buy yourself some time. Yeah. Like if someone asks you something, you don't have to answer right away. No. Like just say like, oh, let me check and let get back to you. And then mm-hmm. you're going to go pull up Christy's PDF. <laughs> you're going to read your script yeah. and then we're going to come back. My husband, that's another one of his go-tos. He, I'm so urgent. Everything is right now, right now, right now. And I'll ask him something. Hey, you know what? You want to take a vacation to me? He's like, let me think about it. I'm like, all right. So did you think about it? So what do you think? That's a yes? Okay. Like he, he's literally will think. What a concept. If we would just think before we make decisions. Like that one thing, like, hey, let me think about it. You can buy yourself time. You can think about decisions before you make them. And that's great advice. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I know we're kind of running out of time, but I love this. In, in your book, um, I just like love like practical things mm-hmm. and like actually giving people tools to, you know, figure out their lives and mm-hmm. and improve upon their lives. And I love that you gave like so many journal prompts and challenges in mm-hmm. your book. Can you maybe give one of your favorites to our audience to maybe like mull over this week? I think as 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 tactical as it is, I love the um the challenge on creating a calendar because a lot of times what we do is we look at our calendar and we just try to move the pieces around. But what I encourage you to do and I walk you through how to do this is to create a whole new calendar, a whole new ideal schedule. Like if you could create your dream schedule with a blank slate and fill it in, that's a really powerful exercise and I walk you through how to do that, but you can hold that next to your current schedule and go, "Okay, what needs to change?" And so as tactical as that is, you can begin to make changes incrementally to your current schedule, your current commitments, to where eventually you're working, living, whatever, your ideal schedule. But I think it's, especially for your listeners that are at a, um, for you guys that are a very transitional season in life, I know that social media is a huge force, peer pressure, all the things. But I would just encourage you, if you can figure out what's right for you, whether that's in your calendar or your version of balance, your priorities, whatever, you have permission to do what's right for you. And that season will change. If you're in a season of working 60, 70, 80 hours a week to build your career and that's right for you, that's okay. It's okay for you to do what's right for you. There will be different seasons and and you have permission to assess for you what balance looks like, what your priorities are. I mean, I guess I say that because that was, that was me in my early 20s. I was working crazy hours to build my career Mm. from the ground up. And that was absolutely right for me at that time. And then other seasons when I'm, you know, covered in spit up and having babies and that's right for me then. And other seasons where I'm traveling, like you just, your season will determine 
what is right for you. And so just asking yourself in any season of life, mm. what's right right now? And then you have permission to focus on that. Yeah. I actually, I really connected with that that part in your book when you talked about different seasons. Because I think sometimes when we're in these like situations, we think it's permanent. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned like when you like first started having kids and you were like, you know, in the middle of the night, like mm-hmm. just like so stressed out. And I'm sure when you start having kids, and this is something I think about all the time, like, you probably don't get as much done through the day and you could probably beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to figure out how to make this a question, but like, how do you you kind of get yourself through these, like mentally, some Mm -hmm. of these harder seasons? Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge advantage to having friends and mentors and just people around you that are a little bit further along than you because they're going to have perspective you don't have. When you're pregnant, for example, when I was pregnant, I was like, I'm going to be pregnant forever, forever. (laughs) And I knew in my head I wasn't, but I was like, I am giant. I cannot roll over in bed. I'm never going to not be this huge. And you know it's not true, but your feelings are so strong and your experience is so in your face. So whatever that is, like right now, I'm in a season of little kids. And so they make huge messes all the time. I mean, there's peanut butter and Cheez-Its and goldfish and there's just, it's just everywhere. And it's like, no, that's like my old apartment in my 20s. Yeah. (laughs) There's, I know that there's a day that those children will be able to bathe themselves and brush their own teeth and get themselves in and out of clothes and cars and all that. But it's so hard for me to imagine that right now because I just do everything for them all the time. And so seeing people that are a little bit older and like, you know, friends that they've got eight and nine and 10 year olds and they're running around going to concerts and going to restaurants and staying up till 10 and I'm like, oh, we'll have a life again one day. You know what I mean? Like, and we do some of that now, but I think it's just having people a little bit further down the line can give you that perspective. And then also, and I talk about this in the book, one of the things everyone is guilty of, and I, I don't know of anyone that's not, is we always reminisce on our past or dream about the future. We always focus on the good and the past and the future. Like, oh, remember when we were in college, we were so carefree. Oh, if I could just have that big house, I'd be happy. But then we focus on the pain in our present, the hard part. So like, as an example, I have three little kids. It is very easy to focus on the Cheez-Its and the peanut butter and the fact that I'm exhausted because they're so physically demanding. If I wish that away though, because I want to get rid of the Cheez-Its and the exhaustion and I just want them to bathe themselves and close themselves, I will never again get back these snuggles and little footy pajamas and how they say their words a little bit wrong. And they think I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened to this earth. There's gonna be a day they don't think that, unfortunately. And I don't wanna wish it away. Mm. I wanna wanna focus on the good right now. You can focus on the good in the future and the past too, fine. But don't miss the good right now because when I see fingerprints all over my windows, I don't wanna think, oh gosh, I wish I had a clean house. I wanna think, oh, those fingerprints represent these tiny little snuggles and losing their first tooth and believing in Santa Claus and all the beautiful things about the season. So for anyone listening right now and you're going, oh, I just wish I was married. Oh, I just wish we had babies. Oh, I just wish we had a bigger house. Oh no, there's something so beautiful right now where you are. Don't miss it because I believe those things will come for you. But if you're not careful, you'll wish this away right now Mm. and you'll never get it back. Oh, that's so good. And that's so true. That's something like, I feel like we all Mm -hmm. can be guilty of. I know. Something I've definitely been guilty of too. Um, If our audience wants to learn more about taking back their time, where can they find you? Yeah. So christywright.com slash balance or just christywright.com. And then you can get the book wherever books are sold. And then I'm mainly on Instagram at christybright. Oh my gosh. All the antics there. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to link everything in show notes. Christy, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sarah. This is so fun. So fun. 
Okay, that is a wrap on our episode this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, remember to hit that subscribe button and leave a nice little five-star review for this podcast. Maybe send it to a friend who you think might enjoy the show. Your reviews and you passing along this podcast is what keeps us running. So thank you. If you want more from me, you can follow me on Big Kid Problems on Instagram and on my personal account, which has a new handle all of a sudden, uh, at Sarah Merrill underscore Hall. New name, who's this? As always, I want to thank our sponsors for making this show possible. I've linked all of our discount codes and everything else you could ever want from this episode in our show notes. So make sure to check that out. And finally, I want to thank you for tuning in and supporting this show. There's a lot of ways you could be spending your time right now. So I really do appreciate you spending it with me. All right. With that, I hope you have an awesome week and I'll see you next Tuesday.